A brand new okay. program is uh, being recorded. Very exciting. And when a brand new program gets report- reported, when it gets reported, <laughs> Dan Duran begins again. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studio in Porto Aventuras, Mexico, and from our well-equipped Dominican Republic facility with Muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beachfront, and from Peterborough's Lisa's dining room table next wow. to Sticks and a Vaughn. I wasn't ready for this, really. Just a week. Wanna, right into listen, if you want to start again, I mean, I don't mind. I can pick it up from there. I, I can just sort of back Do up. a pick. No, no, you know what? Yeah, Dan, yeah. Dan, here's the thing. I know double I... Double scale. I, <laughs> what did you say? We're going to pay him double scale? Yeah. yeah do no, a pick up. Gonna double do. scale. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do... We're, Dan Duran, we're going to do a pick up on that uh, intro right now. Right. Okay. So just read along with myself then, and then uh, you'll punch in where? Yeah. I wish we could do a See, punch in. That'd be cool. I haven't done a punch in for a long time. Yeah. That's what we used to do in the uh, radio days. So, so anybody who doesn't know is that instead of editing tape in the olden days when I was recording Howard, if uh, Howard happened to make a mistake, then uh, I'd, I'd back up the tape, play it in his ear. He'd read along with himself, and at the point where we want to, you know, pick it up, then we just punch in, as opposed to taking a razor blade and editing the audio tape. Anyway, there you go. Well, that's very informative, and I'll tell you what: we're not going to do a punch in because we don't. We're not. I don't. I don't want to go back and play the recording but why don't you start again this episode of humble and fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art humble and fred studio in porto aventuras mexico and from our well-equipped dominican republic facility with muskoka chairs on a sandy ocean beachfront and from peterborough at lisa's dining room table next to sticks in a vase and is brought to you by the retirement sherpa the chambers plan boron one Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. And now, here are two men who miss being married to each other so much that they draw messages in the sand at each other, each of their beaches, and then text the photo of each other. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Right, you want to you punch in there at the end? Then? You know, yeah. <laughs> no, continue in my that, mind. <laughs> No, no, just keep going. It's actually quite funny, the yeah. thought. Yeah, try it again. In my mind, right there, when I said, hey, and now, then all of a sudden I had this wash of anxiety. It's like, yeah, I'm going to make it through this? No, you did great. And man. that's when I started screwing No, no but, but say yeah. again what you were saying. Yeah, yeah say I your thought. Quite... It was very good. Okay. Yeah. And now, here are two men who miss being near to each other so much that they draw messages in the sand at each of their beaches and then text the photo to, <laughs> to each other. Yes. Yep, that's what we do. That's exactly what we do. <laughs> Thank you, Internet. Yeah. It's Humble and Fred. I, I think where you got screwed up is, I don't think the phrase is near to each other. I think it's near each other. Yeah, There I are two men who probably, yeah, miss that. being near each other. And I think in your mind you knew yeah. that was... That they draw messages. Yeah. I liked it, though. Um, that was very good. Uh, by the way, yeah. uh, talking about our locales, I saw we got an email. Uh, someone wants um, Dan to go back to saying black sticks for some reason rather than sticks in a vase. Yeah. And I forget what that reason was. And then here I am in the uh, Dominican, uh, you know, beachfront and everything. And then my background is these ugly brown curtains who our good friend Lori Love yesterday uh, commented on. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> my background 
are they, is this ugly? They're these ugly brown curtains. But yeah, they, you know what they look like? They look like blackout yeah. curtains. No, I know, don't they? Yeah, yeah. they're it's all wrong. Yeah, there's this is <laughs> it is all this wrong. Is a great, it's all this is wrong. a great location, but some of the appointments are yeah, like a little off base. Well, my background's not much better. I thought of that yesterday when we were on. I was on. Uh, we did the show yesterday. Then we had some grown-up meetings, and then I had to record again. Uh, after that meeting, I did a, an episode of Swing Thoughts, and the entire time I thought, you know, should I put something in the background other than kitchen cupboards? But I mean, I could turn my whole thing around, and then the background would be. Maybe I'll do that next week. I'll have the background be the uh, jungle behind me. Well, what happened to me is we got here, and there were two bedrooms. We flipped for the bedrooms, uh, another couple, Doug and Laverne. And uh, it just so happened the bedroom I got had this beautiful desk pushed right into the corner. Right on the other side of the wall is the Internet. So it's really comfortable here. But I don't have the energy, energy really to change any of the background. But my setup is just perfect here. So that's my background, and I'm living with it. You know, Dan, I know this. As soon as Dan gets here, he would have, he would have thought, why don't you? Why don't you have? And I'm gonna, you know what, Dan? I'm going to do something as though you were already here, and I'm going to turn myself around next week so that my background is this beautiful. Because I thought, oh, I get to look at the jungle and the sun coming up, but why not allow the uh, Facebook listeners, people. the people? But then we won't see yeah. you. We won't see you then because it'll be light behind you. That's part of my problem. Well, yes and no, because it, there isn't direct sunlight behind me. There's just sun on a dark background. Anyway, we'll see it. Right. Uh, welcome, we'll everybody. See. We'll see. You know what? We'll see what happens. Yeah. A little staging. A little staging. We'll do some staging. I wanted to, uh, of course, today is email day, and it's a big day. We respond to uh, all the nice people that send us notes. Uh, but I'd forgotten to tell you guys a story that happened uh, the week before last, while we were away that one week we took off. And I, and I just thought of it, and I wanted to share it with you because it's a story of uh, elderly people and a post-COVID encounter. And I, and I thought about how different this would have been, this story would have been during COVID times. So here briefly what happened was David and I and my friend Grant were hitting golf balls at this little par three driving range. It's about five minutes from where I am right now. And when you come out of the range, it's a very steep sort of steps that go down to where the cars are parked. And uh, we finished hitting golf balls and we come out and laying on the ground is an older man, older than us, like guys in, in his like late 70s, early 80s. An older guy has just fallen, and the, uh, there's an, a friend of his and a um, young Mexican girl, and they're all standing over him, and I mean, he's just fallen. So I go in, and I, you know, I get some, get some uh, not a rag, what am I, I'm getting, I get some uh, paper towel, like he's bleeding from his head, and he's a little oh. disoriented. I mean, the poor guy. I mean, you, you, Dan, when you come here, you'll see, you could easily see how somebody could lose their balance. And what happens when old people fall is they fall on their noggins. So this guy had a deep, deep gash above his uh, left eye. And so I uh, got him, you know, I sort of had him, uh, you know, got him comfortable, got some paper towels, got some ointment. When she had a little first aid kit there and I was sort of attending to him because, as you know, I'm a doctor. And uh, we were trying to make sure he was okay, and he was a bit croggy. And and I, I took the paper towel away full of blood. And you could see the, it was the kind of cut where it's so deep, you know he's going to need, like, mm-hmm. 
like 10 or 12 stitches. Like it was a big, long cut on his head. The poor guy was a bit disoriented. Anyway, we, we finally got him comfortable and I got the bleeding to stop. And then his friend called another friend to come pick him up and then we left. So that's the story. And I'm not telling you the story because I'm such a great guy. I'm telling you the story because, well, a couple of reasons. I'd forgotten that this happened. But then I remembered it and I thought, wouldn't, would that have been way different? How would I have reacted because I had no rubber gloves on. I had no mask on. And it's not like I was grabbing. I was t- none of his blood touched me, but, you know, I was pretty close to the guy. And how different that would have been, that story, just a couple of years ago. I don't know. I don't know what I would have done a couple of years ago. How old was the guy, did you say? Got to be 80s. Got to be late 70s, 80s. And what happened? He just was walking down the hill and fell over? You know, it's hard to say. I mean, he, he fell just before because it starts. It's a bit of a decline. It kind of starts to go down before the steps. But he, he clearly he clearly stumbled. And when he fell, Fred, he fell right on his face. Wow. Was this like a Canadian American guy? Because first thing I think of is, woo. I hope he's insured. But that's uh, American guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably not insured then. Um yeah, I, that's a great question, but I think you in that situation, I don't think that you would prioritize with COVID. You just attend to the guy. But think about how we all were a few years ago, how we were so yeah. av- averse to being near people. Like, I don't know. Yeah. No. Dan, what well, would you have done? You would have called me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first person I'd call. No, don't call emergency. No, no, no. Call, uh, yeah, what, what's Howard's number? Um, I, you know, I think probably the same thing that you just did, and the consideration would have probably come in in, in the first after you react and you want to help. Then you then you start when you the whole thing slows down a little bit. You'll probably start thinking about it. It's like, well, should I hold my breath or what have I, have I you know, what have I done to myself here? You yeah, know, I, I never thought about thought. I never thought about COVID until much later. But at, I did think about the fact that I was, you know, these were just paper towels that I was dabbing on this guy's gushing head mm-hmm. for quite some time. And again, I was being careful as I could not to get any of his blood on me, but I was definitely in and around the whole scene there for a few minutes. And, you know, again, you feel bad for the guy, too, because he's disoriented. I was trying to make sure he could like he could still he right. was oriented enough that he knew where he was because he, he's going to he had a headache. So he's got maybe a concussion. I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, for all you knew, he, uh, for all you know, he had COVID this time. Like, that's another part of this whole crapshoot thing. But I don't know. Was blood an issue with COVID? Like touching somebody's blood or a transfer of blood, or I thought it was just uh, what the aspiration thing. Yeah, I don't know if it, you're you're right. It wasn't so much that, it, but being around people was an issue, and and you know you'd probably. I mean, listen, if we weren't if we weren't gonna go into a grocery store without a mask on, we weren't wiping strangers' bloods off blood off their faces for sure. No, ex- exactly. And I thought about it after. I thought, you know, I'm, I've never seen the guy since. I don't know what happened to him. You would have helped him. So I'll would you. I mean, you, you would have too. We all would have. But I definitely would have thought about it maybe for a second. Or maybe I would have gotten, gone and gotten a mask. Yeah. Or quickly. Oh, I'll help him. Put a bag over his head first. <laughs> please. Uh, <laughs> you know, I have, a, I have a, oh, Go ahead. 
No, I was going to say I have a similar story, but different because it's something we've talked about. You talk about the Muskoka chairs overlooking the beach here. Well, several days I've gone out to sit down and there's an old fella on the second floor uh, named Gilbert. And he's from northern Alberta. And, you know, he reminds me of people from up around Peterborough, just a down home, really nice man. And we're talking the other day, and he said, oh, I'm going home in a few days. He says, probably they'll, <laughs> let me back up. His daughter and son-in-law own a condo here. They actually live here. He comes down every year. And he said, I'm going home in a few days. And he said, I'll probably never be back. And I said, why, Gil? Why do you say that? And he said, well, I'm 80, you know, the, the eyesight's going. I can't, you know, really see myself coming back. And I said, Gil, come on, buddy. Like, you know, 80, it's just it's just a number. And he said, yeah, but, you know, you just don't know year to year at my age. And I said, don't give in to old man, Gil. And he says, he turns to me, he said, you know what? You might have a point there. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll think about it. Again, ultimately, I don't know if he will. And the reason I bring this up is because how often we've said about how much longer can you do this? And immediately through my mind, I'm thinking, that's just me, like, in 11 or, or 12 years. That's right, yeah. Like, that's not a long time. But here he is at 80, and, you know, and then I'm thinking, for an 80-year-old man from northern Alberta to come all the way down here, even to stay with family, it is quite a journey for the guy. But uh, it was just it was just a sad, sad moment for me when he said that. It okay. is sad. And, but there are different types of 80-year-olds. 80 80 oh, absolutely. I, mean, uh, yeah. I talked to our but friend. fine. No, I know, but I'm, I, I mean, I'm, in terms of, well, part of it is geographical. You just said it, you know. Our, our, mm-hmm. our friend Bill who we talk about on the show all the right. time. I talked to him last week. He's turning 80 in the spring. And, you know, if you saw him, yeah. as, as we always say, Dan, like he could take all three of us. Mm, yeah. Uh, but he's but also, you know, geographically, if you're not used to traveling very much and all those mm-hmm. things. My, um, this guy reminded me a bit of my dad for two reasons. Just the way he talked and a very kind guy and interested in your life as much as his own, it seemed. Um. But he wore one of those old-style trucker hats. You know, my dad used to wear those. He used to hang. My dad would hang them in the garage and every so often wear it. You know, the ones with the really wide, yeah, thick, yeah. spongy fronts, panels. And he had these sunglasses on like my dad used to wear where they were really thick down the sides. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made of the sunglass material. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so that no sun gets anywhere near your eyes. Yeah. That's right. Anyway, uh, my heart went out to him, so I'll see him before he goes, But and I'll never see him again, but old Gil, good guy. Well, the old guy pep talk. <laughs> that's right. I mean, I, my old guy couldn't give him a pep talk because his, his, no. his, his head was hurting him too much, and I, I had his blood all over a paper towel. And so I was telling, you know, so Grant and my brother David, who were assisting me because I was the first responder, I was, I was telling Grant the story about how I had taken this first aid course. And, and right after, I don't know if you remember this, Dan, but I'll, I'll just tell the story briefly but because I've told it before. But I was telling Grant that I had taken the first aid course and coming into the city one day, Dan, I happened just before the QEW becomes the gardener, I saw some guy had pulled over and I saw what looked like a body on the, on the, on the pavement. Mm-hmm. So I, of course, pull over as well. I'm like, okay, here I go. First responder, St. John's ambulance, you know, St. John's course. Let me see if I can help. And I run over to this guy, uh, the guy that had stopped and he had thrown a blanket on the body because apparently what somebody had done then is they had jumped off one of those little overpasses 
yeah. to kill all. themselves. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, the the body, this guy was dead, and the first responder, because I was the second responder, the first responder had thrown the blanket over this guy because he had no head. His head was... <laughs> His head was missing. And I, but I don't know this. When I run over, I go, hey, is everything okay? I said, listen, I'm a, I've got my St. John's or something like that. And he said something like, I don't think that's going to help. <laughs> he, I'm like, what? He says, yeah, I don't, I don't think. Uh, something like the guy's gone. He said, most of his head is gone. And I'm like, well, I don't have that level of... Uh, I don't have that level <laughs> of, of, of intervention. I, I can't help him. I need and what I was taught is you the person you need you're working on should probably have a head. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's they, an old there's an old story my dad tells a similar told he's dead now. But in uh, in fact, I have two Burley Falls stories actually similar. Um, there was a bend near Young's Point. My dad's driving down there one day, and there's an accident, and the police are all there. And then my dad gets out of the car because he. You couldn't move so he gets out and he walks up to a cop and he said geez what's going on and the guy said oh a bad accident here the guy was decapitated and my dad the way he was you know after a brief conversation said anything i can do and the cop said to him you got a needle and thread <laughs> you got a, you got a stable gun you got a stable gun. The other one is when you're coming from Toronto into Burley Falls, you know, when you come down around the bend and then go down. Well, us kids as pranks, and I don't even like to talk about it because we were idiots and some of the things we used to do as pranks. But one time somebody come up and they had this um, like a like a, you know, a, like a, a body, like a, a stuffed body type thing. And I forget from Halloween or whatever it was. Scarecrow kind of thing. A scarecrow kind of thing, but better than that. Not with straw and stuff. Um, so we got it in our heads. What we're going to do is at the bottom of that hill, we're going to get the body and just lay it on the side of mm-hmm. the road. And then we stood up on a cliff and watched as cars came around the corner. Oh, you were the original jackasses, were you? (laughs) (laughs) Doug and I were talking about this other day, and it's uh, the other day. And, you know, at the time, as a kid, you don't appreciate the consequences because cars were coming around and some of them screeching like, oh, we got to help that guy. And then the guy would get out and walk back to the body and we'd start yelling, screaming at the guy Mm. like he was like we sucked him in. Not proud of it. And then this went on, we did it three or four or five times. Uh, yeah. And, you know, fucking with people's lives because who knows how somebody might react and a, 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 an accident that could cause or uh, whatever. But that's, uh, that's what we did. No, think about it. Someone could come around that corner, see a body, put on the brakes, yes. catch a, catch a an, uh, I was going to say catch an edge, but, you know, catch yeah. a, a tire the wrong way, flip over. And, yes, and they die, and then you're sitting there going, uh, Halloween apples. <laughs> but that was the payoff for us. When they get out and walk back to the thing, right. we'd yell at them like they're the fool. When actually it was... You were the fool. fool. Um, Listen, Dan, uh, Fred and I have just shared some decapitation stories. Do you have... Do you you have a decapitation story from uh, the farm? Uh, No, I don't have any kind of that. No, none of that. I've not been through the trauma that you guys have been through. Oh, I I, I disagree, Dan. I disagree. (laughs) 
You it's been well, through some trauma. trauma. You know, yeah. I, I was thinking about this the Did other day. Did you never do anything wrong? Dan? No, he's a, he's a <laughs> minister's son. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day because I know we have talked about it. Mm. But I grew up in southern Saskatchewan. Dan grew up in a farming area of Alberta. Where I grew up, you know, we weren't farmers, but the people we I went to school with and the people came to my dad's store, there was just a lot of missing fingers, missing fingers. And there was, there was like, you know, it just was sort of commonplace that somebody had come in and one of their part of their thumb was gone. And, you know, we had a, a, a close friend. I can't remember. Was it with an uncle or someone you called an uncle? His thumb was missing. And what, what made me think of this the other day is that, you know, because of modern medicine, whatever health, you just don't see as many. No, I want to say disfigured uh, people. We had, this is what we had spoken about recently. Where I grew up, there it was always people that were like had a fin for an arm, or you know, you know what I mean, like you know that were what was it the thum, thum, <laughs> what was that thing in the fifties? The thalidomide, the thalidomide babies. But that's all been all the all that's gone now, Dan. All that's gone. All that's gone, yeah. At well, least you know, in at least in our society, best practices in safety, uh, you know, and in both uh, manufacturing the things that uh, do things, and also you know the regulations around yeah, being around things that do things like that. I just grew up with a bunch of people that gone to threshing accidents, you know, with a, a thresher, whatever. Oh that yeah, or in the in the PTO, somebody gets their finger cut in there. Yeah, you hear stories like that all the time. Well, Felice's dad, I told you, he was missing a finger, and he was a kid, and they were playing in some, I don't know garden or something and he had his hand in the sand and the kid grabbed a hole and just came down Ew. on his hand and he grabbed cut a his hole. finger off <laughs> a, little, a little young for hoes grabbed a they? South African hole yeah, they're, so, they're a little young for hoes <laughs> but cut his finger off and he lived without a finger and I think you know now if somebody had a finger cut off they'd say grab the finger put it nice and they'd put it back on right you know, I was just going to say that. You think about all those times you hear about that now where somebody will grab part of a finger and then you put it in a little thing and you take it to the hospital, they reattach it. All those people from days gone by, they're like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> we can do what? Because they just cut their finger off in a farming accident and left it in the field somewhere. No one was like, get the finger. Yeah. Well, and I got an example of that. My my dad, mom and dad lived in Milton, and they had a, a neighbor named Donnie Watson, and he had a snowblower. And he used to do my dad's and his place all the time. And him and my dad are out there one day. The snow is sticky. And for some reason, he put his hand in to try and get the sticky snow out, and it grabbed his hand right in front of my dad and ripped his finger off. Mm. And my dad grabbed the finger, put it in a bag, and, the, you know, it wasn't a, the greatest job, but they reattached that finger. So if you you only noticed it unless you had a really good look at it, right? But that's what they can do. Yeah, that's, that quite, that's quite, that, the, quite the delicacy. Fingers in a bag. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, that would stick with you a little while, you know? Like if you oh, yeah, pick up did. a finger on the ground and put mm-hmm. it in a bag, that because my dad, as he told the story, Don held his hand up and went, Dickie! And his finger was laying in the... By the way, for people who don't know, uh, Fred's father's name was Dick, so it wasn't like, my Dickie! No, that's just your finger, sir. <laughs> my Dickie! No, it's your finger. You're fine. Your dick's fine. Yeah. <clears throat> so back to this, the guy whose head I, you know, helped. Um, yeah. I also thought, because we didn't, you know, I don't know. I, I, I mean, this is a, I'm living in a, you'll see, it's a... 
little community here. I'm, I'm likely never to see him again. Maybe he's gone home. I don't know what's happened to him. But I did think after I thought, you know, maybe, maybe he's trying to get a hold of me. Maybe some rich American guy who wanted to, you know, thank me by giving me a, a boat or some shit. I don't know. You don't know. Here, he'd say. Here, have my why boat. Don't you pursue, why don't you ask around, do a follow-up, force it? Maybe he is looking for you. <laughs> Just walk around this place and go, hey, old man, are you the old man? Let me see your head. Yeah. No, you could go back to the golf club or wherever it was and just say, hey, there was an old guy that uh, fell over here the other day. Anybody know his name or uh, where he's at? I don't want to see how he is. I want to make sure he's okay. <laughs> the problem is I don't know how to say any of that in Mexican, in Spanish. I could say. I thought you uh, said he was a Yankee. Oh, yeah, right. but the people oh, right, around yeah. them are all Spanish. Right, right, right. right. Um, anyway, uh, there's lots of stuff. To, we, now, Dan, you guys uh, teased me yesterday about a story, and I forgot it. at the end you guys were going to do it. There was a story that you were, had saved for me. Uh, yeah, say, no, save for uh, the news. Save uh, for the news, but I, uh, I, wasn't, news, yeah. I wasn't privy to the details. Right. Uh, it's what, a local Peterborough story. Okay. And, and uh, you know, it made national news. So wanted to bring it to the, to the news. Uh, so we'll do that today. It's fantastic. Uh, I'm ready to go. It's all ready to go. Um, so it's very interesting. Very interesting. So I want to make sure we make time for it today because, you know, what? Uh, sometimes we, we, get, we forget. Uh, what made me think of it is because yesterday at the end of the show, I teased this story about somebody that had won a, uh, a lottery had, had a lottery win. I'm just trying to find Here it was. In Washington, D.C., a man is suing the Powerball lottery after administrators claimed his $340 million jackpot was a mistake. A contractor said the man's ticket matched the test numbers it posted to the game's website during an update, not the real numbers. So this guy, for a, a period of time, for some reason, I guess the lottery was doing something to their site, Dan, and posted just a series of numbers as a test. And it was this guy's numbers. So he believes, even though it wasn't the actual Powerball worth $340 million, he's suing them, I guess, saying, hey, you put out numbers Mine matched. You owe me money. Some kind of money. The thing I wanted to bring up, though, is um, just imagine that for a period of time, you're you're thinking you're 340 million U.S. richer and you start acting like that. I don't know how many days Mm -hmm. between when he saw these numbers and when he found out they were wrong. But I imagine if it was a few days, he just walked. I love this as a movie plot. Mm -hmm. He just walked around Mm -hmm. telling everyone to go fuck themselves. (laughs) Right. <laughs> he quits his job. He leaves his wife. He fucking buys yeah. a plane. These are all the things he's like uh, <laughs> hires a Samoan. You know what I would do? Um, like literally he goes on a rampage for ho- however many days and then he finds out it's a mistake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he has well, to put his life back. Exactly. Together yeah. Great, great premise. It is a great premise. Because then it's it's goes to the idea that one uh, should be pursuing what they feel they should be doing all along. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Actually, well, that's a good plot twist. What would your mindset be? Uh, say you had actually had three hundred fifty million and lost it, or you thought you had it but never did. What's worse? Say that again. Is either worse? 
Well, the th- say you actually had $350 million and you lost it with your mindset. Like, the the money was actually his, and then say you lose it somehow. Or... Like his, you had it in a duffel bag, and then you dropped it whatever. somewhere and couldn't... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Or... In a duffel bag, you yes. You thought you had it, right? Like, he thought he had it. Right. He thought he was going to get then, it. And then didn't. Is that easier because you think, well, I never actually had it in hand, or it was never actually in my bank account, or I never actually possessed it? Well, so in I your first scenario, did he lose it by like making over? Did he get to spend it, or did he just lose it somehow? Like lose it, like Dan said, like he got three hundred and forty million in a duffel bag and it yeah. went missing at the bus station. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. First of all, that's ridiculous. You, 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 you can't okay. you can't make a comparison because he, no one's losing misplacing okay. three hundred and forty million. Okay, let me step it down then. Yeah. Say a couple of million, and then you had a couple of million and you gambled it away. Or you took it, you know, you bought a stock or something, and then lost it. It was your money. Now yeah. it's gone. Or thinking you have two million dollars, never really did, and then getting over that. I think the second case is worse because at least in the first case, you felt you had the money, you got a chance to do right. something with it, even if it was dumb and you lost it. Right. You know, yeah, I've, you- I, I've watched a lot of movies in my life, and the idea of a guy thinking he's won the lottery and then finding oh, out he awful. didn't. No, but I'm saying I, there's, that's, a, that's as good a premise as a lot of shit I see. Oh, yeah. You know, and it would have to be long sure. enough for the guy, because a lot of times, you know, they say to lottery winners, you know, take your time. They, or, yes. or, or what they do is they take their time. They don't come forward right away. Oh, that, that's right. You put it in a safe spot and then you, you know, you map a little game plan, a strategy, how you're <laughs> yeah. going to deal with it once it's announced. Right? But this guy goes bananas in our movie. He just goes nuts. He just starts, <laughs> he starts putting down payments on stuff and he's got a Ferrari and he's got a private jet and he's got champagne for breakfast and hiring. Uh, it's like a 24 seven party. Yeah. Of course, we won't mention that to have to do all those things, you would have to prove you had the money. But yes, there's or you or but that's or, just detail. Yeah, details. Oh, but you know, you can put a you know if if somebody if you show somebody that you've won the Powerball, mm-hmm. I imagine they would extend you the credit. I guess in our in our scenario they would. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, you see that ticket, sir. Oh yes, here's your Ferrari. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, anyway, he did that, and that's what happened. Uh huh. No, that go. is a good premise uh, for a. Get her done. Get Put her pen done. To paper, Howard. Start writing a script. Write the screenplay. And Dan, I thought of you. Uh, another thing I thought of you this week is I saw a story again. Some of these stuff I want to say. Uh, I usually think, oh, I'll send this to Dan. And some stuff I just go, I want to tell Dan because it's the. You know, I've often said that one of Dan's. Well, we often say that one of Dan's great strengths is his ability to speak to management. And. As I, I was on the, you know, I was on hold with a bunch of different people over the last few weeks because of this rental car thing, mm-hmm. and and I sort of said as a joke, I was saying, you know, what, what it would it would be cool to hire Dan and his company Wank dot com, <laughs> yes, and they would wank for you because you know not all of us are as adept at that kind of interaction as Dan is, but part of the real tedium of of the process, Dan, as you will tell us, is staying on hold. Or being on hold, right? Yes, because you can end up. I've I've waited up to three hours on hold for something. It's a huge drag, and and I think you would agree, yeah. being the kind of guy that you are, that one of the things that companies do 
that dissuades people from, you know, going to the next level, speaking to managers and supervisors is staying on hold. Right. It's part of the friction uh, paradigm. They, I love they, that. They create friction so that you will walk away. You get a, a certain level of frustration so that you don't pursue it anymore. Right. You know, and I, and I can't name them off the top of my head, but I, I've noticed um, a couple of companies, probably cable companies and maybe I, whoever it was, um, they used to offer this thing, the callback. Yes. So yep. If you didn't want to wait, you would leave the number. They would call you back. I think it's Rogers. I think they've dumped that now because I think it goes to what Dan says. Number one, they probably dumped a lot of people, you know, whoever those pe- phone people are. But now it's you got to wait online or you got to wait on the uh, uh, wait on the line. And then they're just hoping you get fed up and hang up. Well, here's the reason I brought it up today, gents. Mm-hmm is because Google has a new feature called Talk to a Live Representative. It's a bit wordy, but what it basically does is, uh, and I don't want to go into the, it's a long explanation, but what they'll do, if you use this feature, they'll stay on hold for you. What? Okay. Yes. And well, actually what they'll do is what you just described, Fred, is that you can hit request a call and uh, Mm -hmm. and as soon as somebody's available, either they connect you or they call you back. And it's it's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And uh, apparently it's beta tested now, but I saw it and I thought, you know, this Dan's got to add this to the Mm -hmm. the uh, part of the team at wank dot com. Yeah. Wow. That. Yeah. I didn't know that even. I, that's an amazingly exactly. That's a really good server. That's an it's an amazing idea. No, it is, and even at the level I was talking about, but you really appreciate it because you give your number and they tell you a phone back, and then you, you, sometimes you even forgot about it that you had an issue, and then the phone rings and it's them, and it's like, oh okay, and then you're talking to somebody. It's not taking up a chunk of your day. But a few of them have abandoned it. There's this real push too to get people to. To, to deal exclusively online. Yeah, of course. And, you know, with older people, or even me sometimes, it's I want the, I want the uh, human interaction. You know, a- Airbnb is fantastic for, if you have an issue, talking to people. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take much, and you can talk to somebody. To their credit, I have found. Um, speaking of uh, Airbnb, the next couple of weeks are going to be releasing some new episodes of uh, Aging with Energy. The Old Guys Travel Show, and uh, one of the episodes is going to deal with Airbnbs for those people that have not, and there's lots of them, that have not availed themselves of that uh, service. Uh, one of the episodes is that, and the other, I think, is all about the uh, rental car situation, and uh, we'll have uh, that in the next couple of, uh, when do we release them on? Fridays? Um, uh, ask our producer. Yeah, we'll find out today. We should know that. Um, also, we've just recorded episode 250 of uh, Humble and Fred's production of Swing Thoughts, the uh, golf podcast that I do. We did two episode. We recorded it yesterday. It'll be out this weekend. Uh, very proud of that. Most uh, podcasts never get past uh, 25, but we've done it for... I think it's eight years now, and uh, we've got some sponsors, and we love doing it. And so that will be released again, a Humble and Fred production, uh, this weekend, this Saturday. In the meantime, Dan will be back with some news, and uh, we got our emails coming up in a second. Hey, everybody. Bye-bye. Do you, do you have an uh, investment portfolio? Have you thought... 
about that portfolio? Have you thought, boy, it should be performing better than it is? Have you ever thought about getting a second opinion? Well, we have the answer. Retirement Sherpa, Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. He's the guy to talk to. Let him have a look at your portfolio. See if, you know, it's up to speed. It's where it should be. Listen, no strings attached, no obligation. He'll give you the straight goods because he's a great guy. Tim is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. And yeah, he's there at your service. A second opinion on your portfolio. Talk to Tim Niblett, retirementsherpa.ca. You know, you talk about a second opinion, very... uh very crucial to get a second opinion when it comes to one of your big purchase items. You know, people's mortgages and their homes are probably the most money they spend on anything and the biggest thing they own. And that's why we recommend Mike Kazarian from Lender's Choice Mortgages, an independently owned and operated member of Mortgage Alliance, license number 13582. And why it's important, I mean, we're trying to make this uh, as simple as possible, but you know, you get a mortgage broker and as opposed to just getting your bank and taking whatever they offer you, a mortgage broker can save you money. Very, as simply as that, I was going to say fast and simple, short and sweet. Um, they can save you money because they don't just deal with one bank. They deal with 75 different lenders, uh, whether it's alternative lenders, private lenders. They also deal with banks and credit unions. They will find a solution for all your mortgage financing needs. And a couple of Humble and Fred listeners have already taken this uh, time to go have Mike look at their mortgage. A lot of people's mortgages are coming due this year and next year. And if you're one of them, a half point, a quarter point can save you money over the life of your mortgage. And one thing you know, if you have a three or a four or a five-year mortgage, that it is going to cost you more when you renew it this year. So get somebody on your side to help you make it cost less. That's Mike Kazarian and Lenders Choice Mortgages at LendersChoice.ca. Hey, did uh, Matthews uh, get 50 goals yet? Yes, Howard, in the first period last night, uh, he got number 50. And in the third period, I think he got number 51. So that's uh, 51 goals in 54 games. It's quite the uh, it's quite the accomplishment. I see. So far. Mm-hmm. And uh, typical Austin Matthews goals last night, one from the corner. Like, oh, man, he can thread the needle. And another one, the puck was like in the air, and he just waited till it dropped to the right level and whacked it in midair. Uh, he's a goal scorer, no doubt about that. So 51 in 54 games, it sounds yeah. amazing, and it is amazing. But the record, when you think about it now, and at the time we all just took it for granted because Gretzky was Gretzky, but 50 goals in 39 games, I believe, is the record. Yep. yep. Which is just insane. Yeah. And Mario Lemieux, I think, got 50 and 50 once, which was pretty good. But yeah, Austin Matthews is, uh, you know, Austin, you know, in Gretzky, and again, he's in a whole category of his own, but scoring goals in the NHL isn't as easy. Not that it's ever been easy. No, I know what you're not saying. Not as, as easy as it used to be. Yeah, the game's it changed. Is. For sure. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, I was going to say, in Gretzky's era, era, there were a lot of guys scoring a lot of goals. Mike Bossy had a 60-goal season. Uh, there's a guy from Calgary, Kent, or was it, was it Cal- yeah, Kent Nielsen? 
I think, had a 50-goal season. Oh, yeah. Even Mike Gartner had 50. And Rick Vibe was a three-time 50-goal scorer for the Maple Leafs back in the 80s. So it was quite common back then. And for guys to score 70, Brett Hall scored over 60 a few times, I believe. You want to go back even further? Phil Esposito scored 76 goals one season. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yes, he did. In fact, the other day I saw some old reel and uh, and it recapped Bobby Orr's accomplishments, a defenseman winning the scoring. <laughs> Not yeah. once, about three or four times. Yeah, it was crazy. Over 100 points. Yeah, something else. Just getting back to Gretzky before we get to the emails. Sometimes I think about players like Gretzky and Jordan and Tiger Woods. You know, over the last 30 or 40 years, those are the dominant players in their sports. Maybe the dominant players in their sports of all time. Mm -hmm. And the problem with when you're witnessing it, and I thought of this the other day when Tiger had to withdraw from the tournament last week and he didn't feel well for some reason. He had some kind of Mm -hmm. stomach issue. And I thought, you know... For me, I don't know if I want him. I don't know if I want him to keep playing because every time he plays, it just diminishes what he did mm-hmm. in those mm-hmm. ten or twelve years of his prime that I was lucky right. enough to witness, and probably mm-hmm. won't live to see another one of those. Right. And just how I guess what I'm trying to say is maybe we don't appreciate those athletes when mm-hmm. they're in when they're when it's actually happening. The amazing thing about Gretzky, I was thinking about this the other day, too. It's like 20, almost 25 years since he retired. Isn't that hard to believe? He retired in 99. Well, it is. It's tw- it'll be 25 years this season. In tw- like, crazy. And one other story on Austin Matthews. You mean, you know, the life of a young sports star. You know, I, uh, he's from Phoenix. So he was back home last night scored 50 and 51 in the town that he grew up in great story um leafs played monday afternoon in st louis then they had the day off tuesday they spent the day tuesday at austin's expansive home in phoenix scottsdale actually and i was reading the description and it's it's right at the foot of camelback mountain now delise and i have actually hiked that mountain a couple of times and i know the area it's just like it's absolutely amazing you go up this mountain and you can see forever and you know what the terrain is like in phoenix and that desert with the mountains and so yeah they're describing his expansive home with a swimming pool and all the players were invited over and how generous he was and he looked after them and and he's what is he 24 <laughs> that's right i was saying yeah if you know that i know that area that scottsdale area is pretty nice pretty nice living there for a young nhl superstar mm-hmm. uh, all right so we've talked about that let's get to uh the thursday what we normally do on thursdays let me set it up because i'm i'm one screen short no i haven't solved that yet so here we go we'll uh Get started with... Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, Subject matter correction. This is from John Leb. Hi, guys. Stand by. Hi, guys. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. Just a quick... Just a quick correction on the uh, uh, February 14th podcast. Humble said Montana and California have the same number of electoral college votes. Not true, says John. California has 55. Montana has three. I do not recall that um, 
declaration by you. Uh, if yeah, you I said it, you were completely stupid. You were, you were, you were, you weren't just a bit wrong. No, <laughs> no, that was one of those. Like, if you're going to be wrong, be that wrong. <laughs> like fifty-five to three. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I get. The, and, I think uh, the point I was trying to make is that there are some states that are highly populated that share the same electoral college numbers as some that are not. Well, I thought electoral college votes are, are, are were geared to um, population. No? Oh, okay. Well, they're supposed to be. But again, I, listen, I, I've already been wrong once in this conversation. Are you talking out of school here? <laughs> um, uh, resting heart rate 68, bowel movements normal. Thank you very much, John Leb. Uh, thank you, John, and uh, thanks for the correction. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, this is from our friend Jennifer Kelly. Came in late last week. And, of course, she says, hi, guys. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff in the email, but what we really love with uh, Jennifer is her uh, voice notes. Hi, guys. How are you? Oh, my goodness. It's been so long. I don't know where the time goes. So much to catch up on, but I am all caught up now, which is why the delay in sending you guys a note. I just wanted to say that, um, Fred, I feel like you changed a bit. You changed your tune a little bit about Tay-Tay and uh, being on the Super Bowl. That was very interesting. And also, you're changing your tune on Brampton, which I find very interesting. Uh, Guys, you had talked about Trevor Noah a couple weeks ago and I was never really a huge fan when he was on Late Night either but his new podcast is excellent with amazing guest speakers you should totally check him out and did I miss Noel Kassler? I could have sworn that he was supposed to be on and I haven't heard him mm-hmm. just wondering what's going on there I guess that's a question for Toronto Mike and oh my goodness Howard you're never going to believe this I actually shopped at the perfume store lived in this neighborhood for a super long time and I actually went in there because my son was dying to get Jean-Paul Gaultier. It's like the in thing for teenagers these days. And it was the only place we could find it. They were really friendly. They had a great selection of dog toys and coats and leashes. So if you need anything for Stanley, I suggest checking it out. Glad to hear you guys are both doing super well. Uh, Hope you and uh, are going to be okay without Doll down there, Fred. But anyway, enjoy your time. Take care. Bye, guys. Well, there's a lot to uh, unpack. Wow. Uh, a lot to unpack there. Um, let me just begin by saying, Jennifer, thanks for the note. Always pr- appreciate it. What she's talking about is I live across the street from something called the Perfume Fireworks Store. And I've never been in it because I I've, haven't had the need for perfume or fireworks. But it's one of my favorite stores in the neighborhood because, you know, when I drive by it, it gives me, uh, I, I, get, I, I get joy from it because it's such a bizarre combination. Um, and I am surprised and over all these years you haven't just wandered in there to have a look. Just out of curiosity. I'm going to go in now. Because I haven't. I drive. Yeah. It's on, you know, one of the reasons is because it's on the, the opposite corner. And I'm, I'm, I'm usually not walking on that side if I am. Anyway, what about the... Uh, she addresses the fact that Doll's not going to be there for a while with you. Mm. You've, you've changed on uh, Taylor Swift. That's what you mean by Tay-Tay. And uh, I Brampton, I guess. You're... Uh, Yes. Do you want to answer any of those charges? Uh, The Taylor Swift thing. Again, I never minded Taylor Swift. As I said, it was just the television producers, and I thought they leaned on it a bit much, which is fine. Not a big deal. Um, As for Brampton, yes, growing too fast. The does not no longer has the infrastructure really to support the population growth and growth. And it's getting too much for this old, old man. So, yeah, I'm thinking of getting out. I'm just being honest. Well, it's time too. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not just Brampton. At some point, you're going to have to leave that giant home you live in, and 
yes. you know, downsize into a yurt or something. Uh, you know. mm-hmm. uh, by the way, did we not receive another? Um, I think it was a video of someone. Is there now a dog grooming place near the studio? Yeah, we're going to get to it. Oh, we're going to get to it. Yeah, okay. I've got that video. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, let's move on. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, the subject matter here is Beatles from John DeRuter. Uh, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Thought you might enjoy this. Uh, cheers, fellas. Enjoy the South. It's shit here in Cremor right now. Uh he thinks we would enjoy this, and I looked at it, and yes, it was on Instagram. It's Jack White who uh, is identifying Beatles songs within one second, and it is—it's fun to watch. Did you see it, Howard? I, I did. I'm trying to think if I have it here. It's uh, basically Jack White says he can name any Beatles song within one second of hearing it, and just give me a second, and here's an example of that. You can name any Beatles song. Within one second, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's a claim that you're making, mm-hmm. and you want to prove it right now. Okay, yes, boys, Lady Madonna, <laughs> and your Birkenstein, Julia. Yeah, and he goes on like that. It's quite impressive. Mm-hmm. Although I'd say, it, although taking nothing away from it, you and I could have gotten most of those. Not all of them, but I, I watched most of it. I was like, I could get that. So could you. Yes, but the dimension to this is sometimes when you're put in that position, you know it. But, you know, what is it? What is it? You know it, but you can't say it. It's exactly. And that's what I found impressive about that, his recall on the actual name. All you know right, thanks. Somebody I, push you up, they ask you a question. Yes. It's like, you should know it. And then, like, uh, uh, half, you know, 10 minutes later, it's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Fuck. Uh, anyway, not to take anything away from it, but let's move on. We've got quite a few to get to. This is from uh, Mike Parker and the subject line, Voice of an Angel. And he says, of course, hi, guys, because he's not an animal. Hi, guys. Uh, hi, guys. Who knew that thing? Who knew, he says, that the guy known, not that thing. He says, who knew that the guy known for a, uh, a particular soundbite from the early days of the Humble and Fred Pod experience had the voice of a crooning angel. And then he says, cue the vagina juice clip, Howard. And uh, I, don't, I don't have it. I have, to be honest with you, I don't have it. Uh, what he's referring to, of course, is uh, Lumby, who sang the other day. And it would be really great if I had that, too. But I don't. I don't have that in front of me. Anyway, yeah, it was pretty impressive. I'd say. Oh, here it is. Old uh, Jeffrey. And, and I, I was, uh, I meant it when I said you also, you, you know, you have a very lovely singing voice, you know, it's something that, uh, to be admired. Here's a little Jeff Lumby. It's quarter three, there's no one in the place except you and me. All right, so there you go. Uh, moving on again, we got a lot to get through today, Frederick. Uh, Subject matter, beach butts from uh, Bill Chaput. Um, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Bill says, Fred made mention of the sweet ass 
on the neighbor down there in the Dominican. <laughs> then we hear him and Dahl are going through a trial separation. She really should reconsider leaving Fred. And then he says, maybe this clip will help persuade <laughs> Persuade her. Yeah. Can you play that? I am going to play it and just have to describe okay. it. It's a, basically a goat whose tongue is, is coming in and out of its mouth in a rapid manner mm-hmm. and making this sound. So there you have it. Thank you, Bill. All right. Thank you, Bill. Uh, and what is the inference there that uh, you doll should reconsider staying because of that particular thing? Yes. Okay. Like, I, I guess the tongue action there. I, yes. I, I would assume that's what it's about. Yes, I'll have to assume that. Again, another yes, we another reason Dahl doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> He's pre- precisely. Hi, guys. Uh, this one's from our friend Hi, Rich guys. Tunes. What a wonderful character he is. Of course, he says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. And it's a very long email, but uh, you know how, uh, you know, grandpa's... Can't, uh, it's, he says, I heard you talking about Sora, the new text-to-video AI model from the makers of ChatGPT, and I thought it was an interesting, interesting uh, philosophical discussion. And he goes on to explain why. He's very, very uh, articulate. Uh, we are not. He says, I think Howard had the right mindset around this. As always, we'll survive and adjust. And he goes on to explain why. He says... Um, I'm, I've been talking to, he says, I'm talking to my son right now who's going into filmmaking, saying, be aware of all of this. Uh, and he finishes by saying, I'm all in on helping to crowdfunds, uh, crowdfund Dan's Kakaracha show. <laughs> <laughs> Is it like a play on Kukaracha, but it's Kakaracha yeah, show yeah. in Mexico. Yeah. yeah. Very clever. He says, uh, heart rate good enough, BM smooth and steady. Have a great weekend. As always, your pal, Rich. And Rich makes some great points there, and I just so want that to be the way it is. You know, if the society adjusts all this stuff, and good overpowers evil. Which generally, if you look at the history of mankind and womankind, too, generally good does triumph over evil uh, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, thanks, Rich. You always appreciate it. Hi, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit that. This is the Hi one. Guys. Here we go. Hi, guys. Uh, subject matter, PWHL from uh, Richard Bullis. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, I was at the Scotiabank uh, Arena game, and it was fantastic talking about women's hockey, the uh, professional women's hockey league. I understand Fred's viewpoint that the league's longevity is yet to be determined, but what I saw was amazing with regards to young fans really gravitating to the women on the ice. If the league can continue to use its uh, stars the right way, uh, then connecting with young players should happen. The league will be fine. The skating overall was an A+. The shooting, passing, general skill level was a B with room to grow, in my humble opinion. These hockey players are only going to get better. I'm a fan, says Rich. And uh, that's great. Great review of uh, that experience. And like, uh, you know, like AI, I I hope you're right, Rich. Over the long haul, I hope this uh, league survives and the women make 
uh, a living and a good living from it, and the league uh, thrives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else could I say? Would you be like, even curious? Time will tell. What? To go and, like, maybe take May, your granddaughter, oh, to absolutely. a game? Without a doubt. Because I think, as I said yesterday, I think a big, a big part of the future of this league is support by women. I'm not sure men long term will buy into the actual product. Uh, but if it's important to women that a league like that survive, well, then support it. Of course, I would take my granddaughter. I would go with the lease. If they're pumped about it, why not? You know, it's subjective. You know, I may not think the product is the best, but the girl sitting beside me may have a completely different viewpoint. And I also think having had daughters, and I think not that you weren't this way with your daughter and son, too. And, and you know, take John. It's not just for... But I, I think there's something about showing young women, especially in our society, and I'm being serious, mm-hmm. the possibilities mm-hmm. that exist, not just because you're seeing women play hockey, but it sends a message that they, young women, can do anything, that there are no restrictions, and whatever, yeah. however subliminal that message is, it's not just this on the surface. Hey, this is great. It's a fun day with grandpa at a hockey game. It's these are young women and young women have no uh, barriers. Right. And I think the fear is, you know, eventually will for financial support, will they come after government for financial report? And that will open a whole different can of worms because, you know, the Canadian Football League tried that and were unsuccessful. But again, that's way down the road. Um, yeah, exactly. The women in it now know that it's going to be a few years before they make what you might, what you would want to describe as a living wage, even from hockey. But well, listen, the guys in the CFL aren't making a living wage either, and they're no. surviving. Yeah. All right. Hi, uh, there no, you go. Hi, Thanks very much, uh, Richard. Appreciate you. Uh, this is from uh, Leanna Scott, and she, uh, the subject line, this is what we referenced earlier in the show, bring back black sticks in a vase. And of course, she says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, what she's referring to, she says, for the non-visualizers in your audience, and then she puts in brackets, remember the episode about a fantasia, the inability to visualize. I, I don't, actually. Uh, she said, adding a wee descriptor to a visual helps. So please bring back black sticks in a vase when Dan describes where he's sitting. And remember us aphantasics when describing stuff on the air. Mm-hmm. That's why we thank you. She said, much appreciated. OG Hundy P. Leanna. Leanna M. Scott, of course. Resting heart rate 69. BMs like clockwork daily. Oh, nice. Exactly. Thank you, uh, Leanna. We appreciate you, as always. Always great hearing from her and all the other OG Hundy Peas. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. This is uh, Double Shot Power. Because this this is a late entry by Julie Fleming. And uh, subject matter, Kevin O'Leary defends Trump, says there was no fraud in the Trump $350 million ruling. Now, we briefly talked about this yesterday. Uh, She says, hi, guys. Hi, guys. Wondering if you have an opinion on what happened to Kevin O'Leary. When did he become a Trump defender? 
and will not vote for Biden person, which he has said. He's clearly a bright guy. Hmm. Uh, so is it just the money that, that's more important to him than democracy? Baffles the mind. Great shows this week. Julie. Thank you, Julie. And those are the questions I would ask. If, I, if, if you know, I was talking to Kevin O'Leary, I'd say, so sexual abuse is okay with you? This guy ripped off university students with Trump University. That's okay with you? Ripping off tradesmen traditionally over the years, stealing from his own um, charity, an insurrection. All that's good with you, Kevin, because you, you dislike Joe Biden so much. All, all that, like sexual assault. Do you have a wife? Do you have a daughter? Do you have a granddaughter? Like all that, that's okay with you. Okay, you're willing to overlook that in the name of money, which is bullshit too, because all the Trump money crap is never really materialized either. So that's what I would say. And that's why I don't, I don't like this guy anymore. Here's what I would say. Loved him. Yeah. Here's what I would say. You're a smart guy. You've made, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. Explain to me who's not a smart guy, hasn't made hundreds of yeah. millions. Explain, explain to me why. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what you just said is a great bit, and it's a, I, I agree with it. But I, I'm just for this particular second, let me, let's ask him, okay, Kevin, explain it to us, because we're obviously missing something. That, that would be interesting to me, to say, you tell me your reasons, and maybe, you'd, maybe there's something we haven't thought of. Maybe, maybe you have a way around uh, rape and, and, and mm-hmm. you know, insurrection, and maybe, maybe he does. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're just yeah. too stupid. But to my calculations, too, Howard, I'm thinking he's a multimillionaire. He made most of his money, it seems, you know, during liberal governments in, in Canada, um, uh, during Barack Obama, uh, uh, Bill Clinton. Those are the years he made his money. And not that there wasn't, you know, there was Stephen Harper, of course, and, and, and George Bush Jr. in the States. I mean, there was a balance of government. Why all of a sudden is this Trump guy? In his mind, brilliant. Well, that would be a great question. A scumbag. A scumbag. Yeah. I know, I know. Well, that, that's the thing. Is, so a, a guy as smart as he is, and I know you hate that he calls himself Mr. Wonderful. Who, you know, I was thinking this morning, we were talking about it before the show. Who else called themselves Mr. Wonderful? Was it Don Rickles? Wasn't, didn't somebody have a, like a nickname like yeah. that? Mr. Warmth or something? Maybe Carson called him oh. that. Yeah, he called Rickles Mr. Warmth. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. There's got to be a reason that because he's not the only, by the Mm -hmm. way, Kevin O'Leary is not the only seemingly smart guy that is a Trump supporter. And that's what I find fascinating. Well, I'm reading last week, you know, my image of Kelsey Grammer, like I know he played the smart guy on Frasier, but I always got the image that he was a pretty intelligent guy and he's all in on Trump. Oh, yeah. Wow. You'd love to have that conversation. Yeah, finds out he's not a smart guy. He's just a fucking actor. Yeah. Just like all of them. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, thanks for your input. Bye, As always, Julie Fleming, our number one political Bye, correspondent. Julie often shares New York Times, uh, Washington Post articles with us, and we appreciate it. This next one is from Laura. I'm sorry. That's yours. Uh, this one's from Caroline. Caroline and the subject line foster dog and she says hi guys hi guys I went to pick up my new foster dog yesterday and the location was right beside your studio I was so excited to see the big humble and Fred sign 
The woman that runs the rescue is Howard's neighbor and even attends the same dog birthday party every year that Howard does. Yes, I do. I go to, <laughs> yes, I admit it. Stan and I go to a dog birthday party. Yeah, we do. It's fun. Um, she <laughs> says, not? it was, you know what? Stan wouldn't miss it. She says, my daughter was making fun of me, Caroline, uh, when I took this video. My little foster dog had only arrived from Texas about 20 minutes before, and she'd already seen the Humble and Fred studio. Anyway, I was starstruck and super excited to see where all the magic happens. Enjoy your time away. Hundy P. Carolyn. And uh, here's a little bit of audio from her video. Stand by, please. Here it goes. Stand by. How do I do this? Oh, yeah. Backing it up. And here we go. Wow. Humble and Fred. What do you think? (laughs) So it's a shot of the studio, and then it's a shot of her uh, videotaping her dog, asking her dog uh, what he thinks of the uh, show and the studio, and he turns his head away in shame. (laughs) <laughs> anyway yeah. yeah so thank you carolyn that's very kind of you as always we appreciate your feedback and we move on hi guys hi Howard, guys. which one am hi i guys. doing i don't God. see a laura oh i'm sorry hang on a second freddie uh it is the one i sent you laura Dorica. do then she explains how to pronounce her name it's a really long one about canada post you'll see it there oh i'm sorry yeah uh, what ha- did I dump that inadvertently? You want me to send it to you again? Yeah, I can do that. It's coming at you now. Here we go and send. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Come on, you can do it. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Still don't see it yet. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, why don't you In move? Fact, do I you, saw do that. You- I must inadvertently. Why don't you? Oh, wait a minute. Here it is. Um. Yeah, I must have somehow dumped that. I'm sorry. I yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, subject matter: Canada Post and flyers. Hi guys. Stand by. Stand by for hi guys. Hi guys. And there it is. I'm currently on vacation with my son in Florida, so I'm slowly listening to last week's podcast between fun adventures. I just came across your Canada Post segment from last Tuesday. I've worked at Canada Post for almost 20 years now, the first 10 years as a letter carrier, and then fleeing into the processing plant as many other letter carriers did because the job became too much physically and mentally. Now, she goes on to talk about the flyer situation, and it's something I didn't think about. She says, Dan is correct. You must put your request inside your mail receptacle as the letter carrier opens the whole panel. This is if you don't want flyers. And she says, it's funny how people get bold and they ask for certain flyers not to be included. But if, you know, if there's a McDonald's or a Harvey's coupon, they want that. (laughs) You can't you can't do that. It's all or nothing. Okay, can you imagine that? I don't want flyers except for the McDonald's ones. Yeah, the free coupon. Of course, that yeah, that's unreasonable. Of course, and she 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 mentioned something here that I would have never thought about over the years with the increase in flyers. The weight of the bag mm-hmm. became almost unbearable for some of these letter carriers because that stuff is heavy. And the less mail in the mail, the more Canada Post uh, leans on flyer delivery. And they really didn't have a mind to what it, what it would do to the letter carriers. And she said a lot of suffered injuries, you know, and uh, wear and tear to the body. 
just uh, because of these flyers. Anyway, she says, have a great day. Uh, love the podcast. Laura Durica. Fred has questioned the pronunciation of my last name in the last few emails. Mm-hmm. Hundy P since 2016. I think I pretty much covered everything there. Yeah, absolutely. Especially because you had, and but first you threw it out. But again, n- not, no, I know. not because he like doesn't a flyer. Exactly. Just chucked mm-hmm. it. Uh, thank you, Laura. And, uh, and, he, and you know, it's, it's, I always love, maybe, maybe we should add that. Uh, I know we've talked about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. I really love when people explain whether they're an OG or they're uh, a hundy piece since Voldemort mm-hmm. or uh, since 2016, like Laura. We certainly appreciate you all. Mm-hmm. And that's this week's uh, emails, I think. That's yes, pretty much thank it. Thank you very much for your input. Yes. Yeah, we always appreciate it. And uh, in the meantime, let's before we get to Dandoran's news, let's uh, make sure we take care of the fine people that take care of us, including the fine folks at Bodog. All right, I told you yesterday about uh, the odds on uh, our buddy uh, Austin Matthews scoring his fiftieth goal at home, which he did uh, last night. In fact, he scored fifty. And 51. And now the question is, we'll have to find out what the odds are on him actually scoring over 70 goals, which would be huge. And of course, for that, I will go to Bodog. Their feature-rich poker room, their odds on sports, it's all there. Anything you want to wager on is at Bodog. Bodog is where to go. Latest news from Boron. They were granted a new exploration license. And they are progressing through the exploitation approvals. And if you want to read more about that and some of the other exciting news at Boron 1, go to boron1.com. Where you'll find out not only about this mineral that is in everything... But you'll find out about this company that is making news because of how rare it is for a junior mining company to get to the uh, position they are. And as always, you know, we are uh, supported by them and we can make no claims about their stock prices and what it might do. But I mean, you can do the math yourself. You know, if a company gets to a position where within the next... 24 to 36 months, they may be taking a mineral that really isn't mined in very many places in the planet. And they start producing boron out of a mine. It's probably, again, no expert, Fred, but it's probably going to make the stock go in a positive direction. If you want to be part of this ride, uh, get a hold of the Sherpa. Get a hold of your Sherpa. Do some, Get a hold of yourself. Do something. Get to boron1.com and find out more. Uh, just for everybody's um, scheduling, um, we're doing a full week next week. We're doing a Monday through Thursday. Full week of Humble and Fred. And uh, then we're going to take a, uh, another week off. While we're both away, you know, in, in the nine weeks that I'm down here and in the nine or 10 weeks that you're somewhere not in Toronto, 
we're actually working most of the time. I, find, I think when I talk to people down here and find out that I'm still working, I, I think they're fascinated by the fact that we don't, that we're not down here on vacation. Although it feels, I'm, so I wanted to ask you that. Like when you're done the show like yesterday and we had our meeting and everything, does, when you're done, does it feel like you're on vacation? Oh, not really. It's grueling. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's, it's so much. Mind. I can. It's too much. When I'm walking down the beach, my mind really isn't on the sand and the surf. It's on tomorrow's show, Howard. Uh, yes. Mm. Bullshit. I sat down in this no. chair yesterday at 6.15. Mm-hmm. We did our show. We did our post show. We did our meeting. Then I did Swing Thoughts. And I got out of this chair around 12.15. That's a pretty long day for, you know, an old man. And then... I had the rest of the day, you know, I went on a bike ride and did all kinds of stuff where you're, where you're not in your home. And uh, I was going to say how lucky we are to do this, but we're still working is my point. Yes, we are. Working, you know, we're mixing uh, work and pleasure. Mm-hmm. Can be done. Can be done. Although I'm looking here today in Toronto, 13 degrees. Yeah. Another warm snap or another warm spell coming. So uh, we feel good for those up there that aren't freezing their nerds off. Uh, yeah, I don't know. There hasn't really been a lot of winter again this year. November was a great month in no. Toronto. I was back in December. It was pretty much a no-brainer. We had a couple of cold days. In January when I was home, there was three or four days where I couldn't, stay, couldn't take Stan out. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, other than a few you know, dumps here and there, Dan Duran, how would you, yeah. as a former weatherman, how would you uh, assess the winter so far? Disturbingly warm. Pretty much. That's it. What? What do you... No, I'm just... Because we, we had some cold snaps. Yes, but not very oh, many. We had, we, had, we had some cold snaps, and now I... Like, there's all over uh, the, uh, the province of Ontario, there was... Uh, a huge delay in the snowmobile trails opening. Mm-hmm. I don't uh, opening and closing with the, the warmer weather bouncing back and forth. Ice fishing has been uh, uh, curtailed in a lot of on a lot of lakes. It's been a uh, I, there's been the hockey tournaments that are scheduled and outdoor rinks that are uh, being canceled this year. So mm-hmm. never happened before except for COVID. So you know things are kind of kind of disturbingly warm. That's yeah. my point. I like this. And there has been a trend over the last few years. So you know with all those deniers that go oh you know look at 1946 (laughs) was 1946 was sort of warm i love Um, that voice yeah Yeah, remember that voice yeah there's obviously a trend here like i know my son-in-law who just you know they've had their house for 10 years and johnny slapshot's 11 or whatever it is and uh you know, they had a rink every year, like five, six years ago, but the last three or four, it's been useless. You just, you can't. There's not no only use even attempting it now. Not only do I love that voice, I just love that sentiment, because it's really true. People always go, well, you know, it, we, it, when I was a boy, we had, no, you didn't. You didn't have weather like this. I've lived in Toronto for 34 years, coming up to 34 years. And it was, because I, I played hockey outdoors. Um, when I lived in Swansea there in uh, that Blur West area, I went down to that rink at noon. I would go and play shinny with the guys. They just don't do that anymore. They, they, yeah. they, it's, so that, that's happened in the 30-plus years I've been in the area. There's just no way it hasn't gotten warmer. 
And the aggravating part of it is, what's your point? What's your point? Denying it. Like, so what, what's, what's that going to accomplish? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you, you just buy into that argument and then you don't have the balls or you don't have the face to admit that, hey, maybe I'm wrong or maybe there is something to this. It's so tedious. Um, to change the subject, speaking of balls on a face, I have this great, you know, Dan, you know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Did we speak of that? <laughs> yeah, speaking oh. of. What's that? No, go ahead. Balls on a face. Yeah. Speaking of balls on a face. Um, well, I could go one of two ways. There's a story about a, a p- potential porn star who had a, uh, whose bum exploded. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll keep it light today because I have a story about religion, Dan, that uh, anyway, somebody sent us. I think it was uh, Keith Weiland sent us the story about the porn star who, uh, aspi- I'm sorry, a pi- aspiring porn star was killed when their bum exploded. Wow. Uh, mother daughter. They had, a bum, they had a bum job, right? They had a bum job. It was a mother daughter. <clears throat> amateur plastic surgeon team is on trial for murder in California after an aspiring porn star's bum exploded, killing her in a low rent. Yes. Killing her wow. in a low rent California motel. Let me just break that first sentence down for you. When you're, take, when you're, when you're having your plastic surgery done by a mother-daughter amateur team, <laughs> and, and they, they, they bring you into their, their surgery, their theater, their operating room is a mm-hmm. low-rent California motel, none of those sentences add up to <laughs> your, your bum's not, has a good chance of exploding. It's like, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. They're like, okay, so you guys are amateurs? Okay, fine. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, they're on trial because the, uh, the young lady's uh, bum exploded. Hey, I have a balls in the face story here, too. Fantastic. Pornhub has threatened to block Canada. There's a Senate bill right now that's requesting porn sites <laughs> in Canada. All right. Have age verification security, and they want it proved, and they want a system whereby anyone under the age of 18, or anyone, you have to prove you're over the age of 18 through some technical wizardry to make sure that kids can't go to Pornhub easily. And Pornhub is saying that will create more problems than it solves. If you push through with this bill, we will block, geoblock Canada from Pornhub. And the irony is, I mean, Pornhub is in Montreal. Right? Yeah, it's a, it's a Canadian, Canadian company. company yeah. So, yeah, there would be in Canada through Pornhub, no more balls on the face. Well, I, by the way, balls in the face, great category. <clears throat> um, <laughs> two quick things. Mm. If Pornhub does break uh, ban, uh, block Canada, I guarantee you Pornhub will be fine. Because <laughs> they're going to be just fine, and yes. so. And by the way, second point: so will Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, because yeah. I don't know if you guys know this, but there are other sites on the internet where mm-hmm. adult films are uh, disseminated. Yeah, mm-hmm. back backup. There's backup. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Not to mention VPNs. Yeah, that's right. There's por- Thank you. <laughs> Just thank you for that. The solution is VPNs, which is not a porn category. <laughs> um, okay, one last balls on the face 
story then. And it's kind of serious, but it is ridiculous. And, you know, Dan, you've known me a long time. This may come as a surprise to you, but I'm not really big on religion. Right. Is this the religious story you weren't going to talk about? Now yeah, but now about I am. Because okay. you know what? Because we, we, we've had some light, and now maybe yeah. a little bit of dark. But again, you might be surprised, Dan, but I'm not the biggest fan of religion. Right. Maybe you didn't. Well, let's hear it out. Let's hear it out. <laughs> maybe you haven't picked that up from many, or from many conversations. <laughs> <laughs> There's been a nuance there, and I, I know that you have an opinion. So let's, uh, let's see what you're talking about here. Well, there's a uh, pastor... Uh, an older fellow in uh, Monroe, uh, one of the stupid states, right? North, oh, North Carolina, states. one of the stupid yeah. states. And here he is in front of his congregation explaining uh, his opinion about young women wearing shorts. And at the end, uh, it's, a, it's a pretty long clip. But at the end, he has a, uh, a very interesting perspective on what, what would happen to young women wearing shorts with pants and dresses put together. Trouble. Can you guys hear this? If you got it's a little louder. Yeah, start it again lo- louder. It's okay. He's, he's just mumbling about pants and shorts for a second. I, I don't know if I can make it any louder. Let me see if I can. No, I've got it boosted as much as I, I can. Um, let me see All if right. you can hear Watch this. for it. Have your girl go back and watch for it. And you know, uh, I, I used to say this. Yeah, I okay, here's the clip. I'll, if you can't hear it, let me know. I'll tell you what he says. I said this a long time. You ready? I said, if, if you dress like that and you get raped and I'm on the jury, he's going to go free. So what he's basically saying is if uh, young women shouldn't wear shorts because, oh, no, I, I missed the last part. He said, because men. Yeah, you don't like, do you? I'm right, though. I'm right, he says. I, I can't help you like it. I'm right. Because, you know, a man's a man. So his point is this. If, if, a, a if a woman wears shorts and she gets raped and he's on the jury, he will vote to have the rapist go free because the woman wore shorts and a man's a man. And that's a guy standing up in front of a bunch of other people telling them how to live their lives. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And I bet you he's a trumper. You know what I mean? Of course, the he angelicals is. they overlook this stuff. I mean that whole. Oh, and I'm probably, I probably I'll, I'll say another thing about him. I bet she's raped. Uh-huh. Oh, I bet you. Yeah, there's a rapist. There's a guy who's raped. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, he has. But I, you know, I'm, you know, getting back to the observations I made here with the bums, like how sort of liberating whatever you want to call it that may sound old-fashioned that women can walk around here almost as free as a man you know what i mean like why shouldn't they be able to you know a lot of these bathing shoots show a lot of the, why shouldn't they be able to and the, to think because they do that opens the door or gives some license for men <laughs> to abuse or yeah. rape. It's just so, like, where does that come from? Where I don't know. With and I, all, all I know is this guy's completely fucking crazy. And there's a good mm-hmm. chance he's definitely abused women. You know, you, you say that about bathing suits, because I see some of those suits around here. I, I don't want to see men in those suits. Like, I don't no. want, but uh, it's funny. You see, I see lots of guys, lots of guys walking mm-hmm. around here, uh, Without their shirts on, and for mm-hmm. some reason that's okay. 
some, you know, fat dude with fat dude titties. He can walk around. But, yeah. you know, a, 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 a woman couldn't. Well, she could, but. You well, know, she'd we, be inviting rape, Howard. <laughs> That's right. Because a man's a man. <laughs> that guy is the most cliche sounding uh, <clears throat> conservative uh, evangelical minister I've ever heard. Yeah. Yeah. But you know he, what? He there's, it in the- there's lots of them out there, Daniel. Oh, yeah. I know that for sure. There's lots of them out there. It's mm-hmm. kind of crazy that they set it up that way. It's it's like almost that uh, there's a certain point of female dress that will trigger a man, man into a uh, uh, some sort of uh, sexual blindness mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. can't stop himself from uh, mm-hmm. doing a rape. Because <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's only you know there's a, we mm. can control ourselves to a point, but there's a point where we just can't help ourselves because of that look. Uh, that a woman would have at some dress level. I don't know. Kind of weird when you put it together. It is. Um, Okay, let's try and uh, end on a a positive note, and that, of course, that positive note is Dan Duran. Now, here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman, comes as for credentials he has none. Can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here. He's prone to falling off his chair, but he's got a big wang, so he don't care, and his voice is nice and low. My voice is nice and low. Yeah, his voice is nice and low. His voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, Dan Duran, wherever he goes. Uh, now it's time for Dan Duran sitting next to Black Sticks in a Vase and some kind of uh, tapestry. From the matrimonial home, here's news and movie anchor, Daniel J. Gieber Duran. Driving while sexing. That's distracted driving, and that can cause accidents. This is a Peterborough area story with a horny young couple driving down a country road near Norwood, which Mm. is just outside of Peterborough. Some guy got some wood. (laughs) (laughs) Police are uh, into this investigation of a frisky duo. This incident happened uh, a few days ago. Uh, apparently, the driver and passenger were attempting to have sex while the vehicle was in motion, according to police. The driver said they saw a deer on the roadway, causing the driver to steer off the road and crash into a tree, possibly even rolling over, according to different reports. Uh, the driver faces charges of dangerous operation uh, and a novice driver, so he had a blood alcohol level above zero, so he may be facing that. Uh, both face a lifetime of embarrassment. They were, uh, I think someone was actually airlifted out because it was a pretty serious accident. But you do have to wonder what, you know, in what position they were caught in mm, right. while, while running off the road there. Yeah, embarrassing and then saying they hit a deer, but it didn't take much for the police to figure it out. When they asked the young man, well, how would hitting a deer, a deer make you blow a load? Like, <laughs> Sorry. That why is there mess all over the uh, seats? <laughs> yeah. Was uh, Dan, do you know if uh, she was driving a stick or? <laughs> I looked for a lot more information, but we'll have to wait till a court date, I guess. <laughs> they did not hit the deer, by the way. They uh, saved the deer. No. Uh, not oh, themselves, right. apparently, yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, that's, uh, you know, what, so what could, well, the only thing, I, the only sex sexual interaction you could have while driving is that she was 
taking the, the key, unless she was sitting on him mm-hmm. more likely is she was taking care of him either manually or orally dan yes um have any of you fellows um while driving partaken partooken in uh, any sexual activity yeah i think i once jerked off on the way home from barry <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's not what I meant. That's, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I know. Thank you. For, I misunderstood. Thank you for being so honest. I misunderstood. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> um, I've never. Uh, I've you know yes, there's been some activity in the car, but nothing, uh, nothing quite like that. Well, yeah, I look upon that as uh, as tempting as it might be, as being rather selfish. Because you're putting, uh, you know, others on the road at risk. Because during that type of activity, who knows what could happen and how one might react or how one's body might convulse or whatever. Mm, And then um, be a risk to others on the road. So, Daniel, have you ever uh, had your um, knob uh, irritated in any way during a um, vehicle? No, I can can say no, not during actual motion. Mm, Nothing. No, no, nothing's ever happened in a vehicle while moving no it would require removing seat belts oh okay that, does that help does yeah. that help at all yeah and so you I, know a little touch here and there perhaps, yes of course not, uh, you know like a uh, a full-on accident causing uh <laughs> orgasmic experience no in your teens a, a parked car is a motel room actually no yeah exactly all that well it's the it's the moving <laughs> listen in my in my mid-50s, when I went through my 18-month alcohol-fueled Tinder fuck rampage, there was many car encounters, but parked. Many. Oh, tell us a few. I, I love those stories. <laughs> no. Share it with the audience. Well, no. <laughs> Definitely well, some... No. Uh, there was a, there's a parking lot near Cherry Beach that I, I used a couple Cherry. times. Anyway, uh, Toronto Mike, how about you? Any, <laughs> any moving violations? Okay, never well the driver when I'm driving, no. But as a passenger, I've absolutely received a, a handy J or two. As oh, a yeah, passenger. of course. Well, that's, uh, that's standard. From the driver? From the driver. Actually, yeah. no, it was a bus driver. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Mike was waiting. Was, Mike, Mike went up there to get a transfer, and he got a lot more. <laughs> mm. Hey, now. Hey, now. Oh, Michael. Michael. Um, listen, we are, we, before we get to the end of this program, we still have more uh, support to, uh, to recognize, um, not the least of which is our good friends at Bodog. For my last email, we are on board. Looking for a fast break from working so hard? When you're ready to box out some time for fun, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. We make getting the latest basketball odds and free sports tips a slam dunk. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Yeah. And let's talk about Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. It's the Chamber Plan. Uh, Chamber's uh, plan. Uh, Chamberplan.ca is where to go. The official name. Chambers. Uh, um, excuse me. You okay? You okay with there, Sparky? <laughs> Jesus, Sparky. <laughs> Chambers. Uh, 
I'm sorry, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. I don't know what got me there. It sounds like you're asphyxiating. Uh, mm. Anyway, 32,000 Canadian businesses now part of this. They've been around for 40 years. We've told you about it over the years. It's the way to go if you have a small business and you want a group benefits plan. It's very simple to join. It's stable. Oh, yeah. I just mentioned 40 years. How stable is that? The smart thing to do for your employees. Hey, because the security of a group benefits plan is fantastic. Dental and uh, prescriptions and uh, uh, all sorts of therapies, travel insurance, a mental health component, HR component. It's all there. Take the time today to get a free quote at chamberplan.ca. Uh, we talked about a couple of corrections. Well, at least one where I was completely fucking wrong about the electoral college number in California versus you know, those smaller states, what I was actually thinking of. And uh, thanks to our good friend Rudra Rishi Maharaj for sending this in. He said it's actually senators. The Dakotas have four, South and North Dakota. That's two each. And California has two. Mm -hmm. So as he says, there are more people living in L.A. than the Dakotas combined. So senatorial representation in those uh, is way out of whack in those uh, states. So thank you, Rudra. Oh, that's interesting. It's interesting. It's very, very everything is interesting. <laughs> Michael, Michael, Michael. His name is hey, Michael Boone. Way, I'm sorry. By the way, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Well, no, my, please go. On, please introduce. But I just wanted to mention that today there's a, uh, a spacecraft landing on the moon uh, oh. around 5:30 this afternoon. It's the first uh, U.S. vehicle to try and do the uh, the old land on the moon. This is going to be on the South Pole. Uh, there's an instrument on board uh, that will measure the uh, the dust plume as it uh, as it lands. Very wow. difficult thing to do. There's been uh, three, uh, I think, just recently. Uh, some the Japan had a, a, a crash, and there's India had a crash. Um, I think that's about right. But anyway, there was a there's a only three uh, other countries other than uh, the U.S. that have landed there successfully. It's China, India, and, and Japan. You know, it's so it's so different how it, times have changed. Because when when man first went to the moon, all of us were called out of our classrooms, and we watched it on these. TVs on stilts in the hallways. Yeah. Now the fucking moon's like a mall parking lot. <laughs> it's just, it's like when, I, when you said, "Yeah, there's something landing on the moon today." I'm like, "Yeah." So what else is new? But no people, right, Dan? No humans on the moon today. No, this is all getting ready for humans. But they wanted to know if there's any kind of moisture because they're, they're, they're it's supposed to be frozen water, you know, ice on the. Sure. Howard, that's the big difference, right? Like, uh, we got excited because people were walking on the moon, and now nobody walks on the moon anymore. Yeah. Which, uh, Except the know, police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Jack. there's, you know, those conspiracy theories, whatever you want to talk about them, that uh, they didn't land on the moon. It was actually a, a, you know, a film studio in Sudbury or something. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the thing. You know, back in 1969, they could pull the wool over everyone's eyes as far as a man walking on the moon. But in the past 20, 25 years, if they tried that caper again, it could be easily proved they didn't go there. Yeah, they could. Which actually lends itself did to, did they actually go there? Well, you said it was a soundstage in, in Sudbury. They, if it was right. Sudbury, they wouldn't need a soundstage. 
It would just be Sudbury. <laughs> oh, right. Well, I, yeah. Um, listen, we haven't formally introduced uh, Toronto Mike until you hear the Toronto Mike theme. Yeah, 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 yeah. Toronto. Host of this program, Toronto Mike, Toronto. of course, his own award-winning podcast. And he's here with us today. Well, you should have. Fred, did you watch uh, Austin get number 50 last night? No, I'm sorry, sir. That game started at 11 o'clock. Our time, I was in bed for quite some time at that point. And no apology necessary, but it is kind of shameful, right, that that game happened in front of 45, 4,600 mm-hmm. people. Yeah. No, I know. Uh, what do you mean? It's shameful how? I mean, li- li- listen. <laughs> it's a guy, it's a Toronto Maple Leaf scoring a, a, a goal. Like I guess, no, I know. But what NHL game should ever happen in front of forty six hundred people? No, like, I know like, the, the point about Phoenix in there. And the highlight I saw this morning, there was a ton of Leaf fans yeah. at that game. There were more Leaf fans on the sixteenth hole of the Waste Management Phoenix Open two weeks ago. I guarantee you, they had twenty thousand people on that one hole. And and oh. is that the yeah is that the question by the way that there's not enough fans or there's just not a, they don't have an arena for them. Yeah, no arena. No, it's not a... Yeah, there would have been a sellout probably for Austin Matthews coming home, but the arena only holds 4,600 people. Mm-hmm. So that's... I it's guess that's my question. It's, yeah. an, a, it's a university arena in Tempe, or Tempe, or whatever. Yeah, Tempe. Yeah. Tempe. If they, so you're saying yeah. if they had a, a regular nhl size arena, they would probably do, like, uh, if real numbers? If the Leafs were in town, yeah, they'd sell out. For, for okay. that game, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, boys. Oh, that team, that team belongs in Quebec City. Quebec City. Um, are we, uh, so, Mike, when are we releasing the uh, next episode of uh, Aging with Energy? Is it tomorrow? Is it, it, you know, it drops the first Thursday of every month. So, oh, so we have a whole. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we next did. week, next week on this program, we will play you a little clip of uh, one of the episodes and just to, just to get you excited about another new episode of this fantastic podcast. Absolutely. Uh, yesterday, Fred, you remarked you saw the the, uh, the private uh, internal note where I said that you could go from having Fred's Wang to having Dan Wang. 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 Right. Yes. So, so as you know, uh, I've been listening to this program since day one. I'm uh, mm-hmm. was there for the first recording, so I've heard a, you guys talk a lot in periodic. I've never. I should disclose. I've never seen any of your penises. Like I've never seen you guys naked. Oh, that's too bad. Let's take a, Let's take them out now. <laughs> I'm not complaining, but. Uh, let's, pull, let's, let's pull some Jeffrey Tubins right now. That would be the end of it. That'll be, that, on our very last podcast, we'll just pull out our dicks and just start waving at them at everybody. <laughs> yeah. And uh, nor have I ever like imagined either of you, uh, any of you three, uh, erect. Mm. Like, I've never thought about you erect. Well, oh. apparently, Fred erect is something to see. Yeah, <laughs> it's quite Fabulous. the transformation. Oh my god! Me, me flaccid to erect is something. Oh, it's I quite, it's, Well, this it's is where I'm going. So it's over like the one of years, it's like no, it's like now. Except now, it's like one of those time lapses of time. <laughs> Oh, no. happens so slowly. It just kind of wakes up like some sea creature straining its head for the sun. At 4 p.m. I should be there. Yeah. Right. Hang on, doll. I'm almost there. Go, go over to Winners by the time you get back. Give her a call. You better get home now. 
Yeah. <laughs> Now's the time. Okay. No. But I have heard many descriptions of your flaccid penis states. Oh, like, I, God, I, you yes. know, Dan doesn't describe his own, but you guys describe no. Dan's and uh, you guys describe your own. So I've collected notes through the years just from listening. And mm. my, uh, what my analysis here is in order of smallest to largest when flaccid. Okay. Not talking erections here. Mm-hmm. I believe Fred Patterson has the smallest flaccid penis of the three of you, based on Probably. descriptions through the year. Like, mm-hmm. what is it? A thumbtack? No, um, it's a cork. cork on a it's a cork on a beanbag. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, but give Fred credit where it's due. He's got enormous. He's got an enormous sack. Like it's no, something no to credit. see. I've seen it. It's something to see. So I would say if I ordered it, I believe Fred has a flaccid. Okay, erect. He's something impressive. Uh, it's like the oh. Eiffel Tower. Yo, <laughs> the Leaning Tower of Pisa. I think is what I heard. <laughs> okay, so flaccid. I believe Fred is the smallest. I believe Howard has a uh, like an average flaccid penis. So I believe he'd be firmly in the middle. And from what I've heard, Dan has a uh, large flaccid penis. Oh yes. Oh yes, mm-hmm. he does. Yeah, well, yeah, because flaccid, he can tie it around his waist as a buoyancy device. <laughs> Dan, have you ever uh, do it? All jokes aside, Dan, Dan. Dan. comment on your <laughs> all jokes Dan. aside. All jokes aside, <laughs> you know this is bullshit. All jokes aside, <laughs> clear. Clear the field here. Yeah, let's jokes. just uh, <laughs> let's shake the etch a sketch for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. That sounds like I'm jerking off. Um, let's shake the etch a sketch. Is and have you ever gotten a measuring uh, device and uh, seen what it's all about? I've never really done that. No, is that important? Should I be doing that? Well, it's important to guys like us that are curious. I mean, when you're as big as you are, you know, I guess you don't give a shit. <clears throat> well, it's, yeah, it hasn't been a concern really. I'm not. I'm not in any competition. I don't really care. Well, it's so, a good thing you're not in competition. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine having that and caring? <sighs> no, Jesus. I know. I don't know. Yeah. Are there competitive penis games? <laughs> I'm sure there are. Oh, for, I'm sure there are for yeah. size. Some but, sort. But of that's it. what you just said, Fred. Is so is so true. Like when you have that. You just don't care. It's when you it's when you don't have that. It's always, it's always what you don't have. Like I've said this yeah. before. If I had that, I just be I'd be I would be on display right now. I would actually yeah. ping, I would it would actually be a character on the show. I'd make it like a puppet. Oh, without a doubt, without a doubt, Howard. There, there should be a Guinness like re- world record for like a delta between flaccid state and erect state. Like who has the greatest gap there? And Freddie P could be in the. Oh, I think I have a huge world record. Yeah. Well, yeah. Imagine going from like a one inch to like nine inches. Oh, yeah, well, yeah okay. Let's slow it down a second. We're, we're talking about one inch to some number of inches. Um, all right. So, are we doing anything next week? We're doing four shows, Boone. And just so you know, the following week we're taking it off because Dan Duran is coming to Mexico. Even though we could technically work that Monday, but enough for the old guys. We're going to take a full four days off. And uh, but next week we have a, a full slate of program programming. And who uh, whom are we speaking to? Tuesday, uh, Bruce Dobigan caught wind of what uh, Fred was saying about what he wrote, and uh, he'd like to have a, a civil discussion with you guys about it. Uh, Can't Bruce wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait either. I'm so tired of those guys. Anyway, it'll be nice. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. So so you know, an intelligent discussion on this matter. Bruce mm-hmm. versus uh, Fred and Howard. There. Okay, that's Tuesday, and then uh, all the way from California, Carla Collins is going to join us on Wednesday. Aww. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Carla. Mm-hmm. She's sweet. Of course, yeah. 
She's going to get up at like, I don't know what time she gets up. She, she gets up early, man. Yeah, she, she doesn't put on just some jump makeup. on Zoom like you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, we obviously care so very little because I'm pretty sure we're both wearing the same shirts we were wearing yesterday. <laughs> I know I am. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, yeah. Do, you do we good. want to ad- to address the uh, uh, who is it? Um, Mimico gal. I like her actually very much. Uh, who sent in the voice note? Jen Kelly. Yeah, Jen yes. Kelly. Yeah. What about her? So should we just like have a very short maybe to just end the chatter about this? But the Noel Castler because we did promote yes. Noel Castler. Yeah, go ahead. And he didn't climb. So just in a nutshell, uh, Noel's not ready to do the podcast, and it's not personal because he loves Humble and Fred. Uh, it's mm-hmm. not personal, and he's not asking. He's not seeking money or anything. Noel's just not in a headspace to do a podcast right now. So we've kind of been bug. I've been bugging him all the time and getting him in the calendar, and then he he keeps making excuses and he says he's just not ready. So I'm just going to give him some space. Like I'm going to give him a, a good chunk of time, and then I'll just check in and see if he's ready to return. So we're going to give him some space and time. Noel Kassler. Uh, to answer Jennifer's question, though, he wasn't on the show and you missed it. He was booked on the show and right. then he canceled. Right. So thank you to everyone who was on our show this week. We certainly appreciate you all, the retirement Sherpa and our guests and Dan Duran. You know, if we don't say it enough, you're a, you're a welcome addition to this program each and every day. Thanking you. You know, it's like with uh, when you're on the show, it's, it's like having in like a couple extra players. You know, it's you and your weenie. And then uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. And again, well, the, thanks for recognizing us. And the excitement is building each day for your arrival. Uh, plans are being made. And, you know, I'm getting. That's the thing about planning a trip, I guess. Right. Is you get the anticipation. and I'm getting excited about it, too. You know, but you know, if you do it last minute, then it's not the same thing. As exactly, you that's the whole point. Right? You'd be looking forward to something. I am, and I am looking forward to being down there. So yeah. And uh, right now, I've done some sombrero shopping. I'll have it for you when I pick you up. <laughs> Great. Oh, that's cultural uh, programming. Yeah, Howard, you can't do that anymore. I was watching uh, an episode of Andy of Mayberry the other day. Oh, were you? <laughs> were you? <laughs> Keeping current with That's right. Barry. Yes, was was that just after Walter Cronkite's news? <laughs> yes. Aunt B won a uh, trip to Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, she bought, uh, I think it was Andy, um, Goober, and uh, uh, Floyd the Barber, sombreros and ponchos, and they were wearing them there on the main drag. <laughs> And Jesus. it was quite offensive, yeah. the uh, cultural oh, yeah. appropriation. They were literally mocking the attire of Mexicans. It was something. No wonder, you know, oh. we've really cleaned up that act over the years. Thank goodness. Uh, also on the subject of Dan Duran and balls on a face. I, I watched a, a more current program yesterday. You may have heard of it. Curb Your Enthusiasm. And yes. in the episode, it was the third episode of the final season, Dan. And in the episode, uh, Larry's roommate um, J.B. Smooth is the comedian's name. Anyway, he's walking around with a pair of shorts where his balls are out. And that's part of the plot line. And I thought wow. about you. And I was just yeah. hoping that you would, by now you've upgraded your short uh, choices so that you're not walking balls out around uh, Mexico mm-hmm. because I can't guarantee your safety. <laughs> I've got a little net thing. Uh, for the, uh, you so know, the, the uh, swimming suits with the net thing that keeps it in, in place. Like a big, yeah. one of those big fisherman nets? It's exactly like that, Howard. Yes, thanks Fantastic. for figuring that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Howard, 
Howard, quickly, before it gets into next week, I, I'm just, I have a, a CP24 on in front of me, and I'm just seeing here Charlie Woods is ex, uh, is attempting to qualify for a PGA event? Yeah, How does that work? Because anybody can. You, you amateur, you, if you put your entry in, you can try mm-hmm. and tee it up. On, on Mondays of tournament week, they have a mini tournament of 100 or so, 150 pros, and they have three or four spots to the, to get into the actual tournament. Whoever gets the lowest score gets in. Hmm. Do you think this is a good strategy for the young fella at this point? Listen, man, it's going to be tough being Charlie Woods no matter what, oh. so why not throw yourself into it? You know, He's going to go to university, though. He's going to be recruited by a top uh, yeah. 10 school. and. Well, that's a, that's a fun little story to follow over the next few days. And and Dan Duran, I just thought of it. Maybe I'll get you a ball sack sombrero so that you'll <clears throat> make sure that <laughs> you, you don't sunburn or you don't frighten people away. <laughs> so uh, I'd have two sombreros? Is that yes, you'll have just, a big one yeah. and a little one. <laughs> okay. and, and the big one will go on your dick. Right, which is way. <laughs> All right, well, there's, a, there's a fine place to end the program. We'll see you on Monday, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Boron One, Bodog, Kelsey's, and Lender's Choice Mortgages. For contests and comments, as witness today, we do read all of our emails, some on the air, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Also, you can subscribe, share an episode, rate the podcast. We would appreciate it. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran. And remember, if you're rich, please hurt yourself near Howard. He'll help you and wonder how you are after and if you want to help him out. Oh, and enjoy every goddamn day. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts. Two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans that just clap your hands or just clap your hands. Where's